after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's Weird Brunch Today, when doing my research, I found a site where you can It's terrible But I was like, I didn't even know this was a thing at all but you can buy like shit that murderers have worn in jail. Why? Like you can go and buy like uh uh I don't know. George Ramirez wore these sweatpants. But who do the proceeds go to? I don't know. I assume some of it has to end up going back to the person who provided them, right? No. I, I'm assuming I mean, it all goes commissary, to the commissary. Like, if it goes, oh, you think? Oh, yeah. Hold on. I'm, try, I'm gonna try. Either to way, it's not like there's no good people for that money to end up in their hands. It's either the murderer, mm-hmm. the prison system, or the fuckhead who somehow got a hold Smuggled of them and is selling them. Yeah. Nobody in that is a winner. So the site is called truecrimeauctionhouse.com. And I was looking at the clothing section. But, I mean, they it's all super crazy. Like, they have a robe that Eileen Warnos wore when she was on death row for $8,000. Like, who's buying this shit? That's so wrong. Their homepage is trash. It is. Good. I hope it stays that way. Ooh, artwork. Yeah, they have a lot of artwork. Well, it. Hey, some of that. Oh, it's like fan art. Oh, boo. Yeah. Oh, but the thing that really fucked up, that is really fucked up on it, they have all these fucking Columbine t shirts for sale. No, see. Like, Mm -hmm. from like the Mm -hmm. year it happened, like, just school pride t-shirts nope don't boo wretched shut them down like all this shit is just terrible and i did not know that was a thing i mean i feel like i've heard of people buying like prison art and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but um yeah like don't manson letters go for something yeah there's something on that site that was manson related yeah but i mean like i don't know if Here's some zip ties this guy owned. This fucking Dang. murderer owned. I'm sure that's real. I'm Yeah, right? Take my $85. Right. Take them. <laughs> Anyways. Disgusting. Creeps me out. It was upsetting. And gross. And this is Don't alarming. buy that shit. Yeah. It is a hole to go down, though, if you're looking for holes to fill. It just screams <laughs> yeah. me out. I'm having a hard time filling the holes that I already know about. What about the ones you don't know about? You need some caulk. Caulk. <laughs> yes, I need some Patch caulk. that hole up. Caulk. Just need to caulk it up. Caulk it up. Caulk it up. Macaulay caulk. I patched a hole in our wall all by myself with some caulk one time. Good job. Hell yeah. I kicked the wall. Oh. I made a big hole in it and... Did the whole the hole like the whole thing hole? where you put the mesh stuff inside mm-hmm. it and then you spackle it and then you Wow. That's, that's more than and caulking. Then I painted it the same color. You've never seen a hole in our wall because it doesn't exist anymore. Nicely done. Awesome. Thank Was that you. here? Yeah. Where? In a hallway. Oh, okay. In that hallway. That's the only, I guess, technical hallway. What were you mad about? I don't really remember. That's fair. I don't know. But I really, I meant to like kind of kick the the board or the baseboard. baseboard, Mm -hmm. And I did not kick that hard. (laughs) And then it was like, (laughs) and I was like, oh, fuck. And I automatically lose the argument now. (laughs) Just because of that goddamn hole. Which is a real bummer. That's a super good cautionary tale. Did you get to win the argument back after you spackled it and everything? I got some points back, hmm. but still, you know, that's fine. That's fine. I've never 
I've definitely created holes from like punching or yelling or whatever. I That's yell. the first time I yell I've ever holes done that. Oh, you really? yell yeah. holes in ever. the walls? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like a big like like wall puncher, door puncher mm. when I was younger. I was a really cool teen. <laughs> Party. through pens. That doesn't seem very violent. It hurts people more. Are you like a precision punch, tosser? You like sharpen no, the pencil and like... Whoosh. There was no precision about it. So when you're mad and you're frustrated and you personally use one of your own body parts to attack a house, mm-hmm. you're the one who's going to get hurt. Right. That's true. I was just randomly and very swiftly and hardly like throwing... Hardly. I was, I was flinging With pens hard as hard as I effort. could in anger in a random direction mm-hmm. in offices. So I hurt some people. Did you poke someone's eye out? No, I just usually hit backs of heads and shit. And then I have to be really sad and sorry. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Y'all. What? I'm so mad I didn't bring this up earlier. <gasps> Wait, what? what? When I was in Seattle. Yeah? I, I'm really bad at meeting people at like conferences and shit. Like I, I don't. Yeah, me too. I don't. I'm not yeah, no. See you again. Networking um, is weird. It's weird. But I... This one woman was like, hey, I like your jacket because it was cool enough to wear jackets. Oh, and yeah. very nice. I was like, oh, thank you. Blah, 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 blah. The next day she was like, OK, I need to know where did you get this jacket? And so I'm talking to her and she was like, you know, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Where do mm-hmm. you work? Same thing. And then she's like, I live in Sacramento. I work at a near death experience clinic. What? what? Like they I was like, I didn't know you? that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. They, I don't know the practice. I do want to look it up. Is it like a form of PTSD? Um, she was like, I work at a near death experience clinic. And let me tell you, I was like, oh, I've never oh. heard of that. And but- she's like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> I wanted to leave this earth. I did not want to be on this earth. I had no reason to be on this earth. And then I did one of these clinics and it changed my life. And we see people that are so depressed and then they experience our clinic and then they are just completely reborn and blah, 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 blah. You met a cult member. Wait, they make you have a near-death experience? I think so. (gasps) Fuck that. No, thank you. Yes. Wait, and wait, 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 wait. This was at an SEO conference. Correct. Like a place where you go to learn how to more effectively like find and recruit people. Essentially, isn't that what SEO is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, why was she the SEO specialist for the near-death clinic? No, this is, what was she, she doing was there? She was marketing. She's marketing. She was in market. No, she was in marketing for the near-death experience clinic. She's a cult recruiter. I think. Dang. What else did she tell you? What do they do? Is she on LinkedIn? What is the name of their place? <laughs> How old is she? Does she have hobbies? Did she other than near death experiences? Um. Sorry. Mm. I can't find her thing. She gave me her. I almost said credit card. Her business <laughs> she card. She gave me her credit card no, number. No, that was kind of it. Was like. She was kind of telling me, like. You should do this. I don't know if she read me as suicidal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't look that depressed. Well, at a a networking event at a conference, maybe in Seattle. Mm. That's a recipe for looking pretty depressed. So it was near death experience. It was like a clinic clinic. I mean, either way, did she read me as suicidal? Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) I don't know what to say. I guess. Maybe she just really liked your jacket. Maybe. Maybe she wanted to get you to a near-death experience where she could steal your jacket because you are almost dead. Oh, that makes sense. I mean, I don't think so. But oh, well. She has no Facebook. <gasps> She's dead. You she has ghost. no Facebook. What's it called? Not just no Facebook. But no reviews on Facebook, but they do have a Facebook page. Sacramento NDE. Sacramento NDEs dash I-A-N-D-S ampersand friends.
Oh. It's a lot of things. It's a lot I wonder of what IANDS stands for. That's the International Association of Near-Death uh, Studies Incorporated. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the most recent vital signs. Annual conference in Seattle. Oh, they were having their own conference. Oh. Mm-hmm. Why was she at both? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she it's in the like, same spot. She had a, you had to have a badge to get into mine. Okay. Well, all right. Your what? friend was... Way more than a friend, Lisa. I guess. I guess I got to join this cult. I'm going to just read the pull quotes. Nurses tend to be the most helpful people to tell. To tell what? About your near-death experience. Oh, duh. NDEs are changing the lives of nurses and doctors. Why are they so excited about people who almost die? Is it that like flatliners? (laughs) Isn't that a movie? Yeah, yeah. Data shows that NDEs can be medically therapeutic i that just sounds like the most dangerous thing like ever let us bring you to the point of death and we'll bring you right back every thought positive or negative affects everyone in the universe okay linda i'm sure your every thought is being is that because you also like get to experience what is that drug that they say is like dying I don't remember, but it used to be on like every fucking yeah. TV show. Everyone was like, we're all doing this. But I can't remember what it's called, but it's supposed to release whatever endorphins yeah. that come when you are about to die. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh, there's a poem in here. This is a good newsletter. Mm. Good newsletter. There's a competition. Good newsletter. A competition. <laughs> yes. I've had the most closest near to death. death. Yeah, the nearest to death. I was legally dead for ten minutes. How about you? Um, this is weird brunch. Oh my yeah, god! Shit, we're wow. way far in. Yeah, I'm Winnie Lamond. I'm Lisa Friedrich, and I'm clinically dead. Damn! <laughs> no, you won back. the contest. Bring you me did back. it. That's how you win. You die. I'm back and I want to subscribe to a newsletter. Near death. Mm. You're legit dead. Mm -hmm. Speaking of near death and then tumbling right into death. Let's uh, go straight to death. Yeah. Well, we're going to back it up just a little and talk a little bit more. Otherwise, this would be a really boring story. Um, (laughs) Let's hear the history behind the ghosts. Oh, ghosts. I would. I mean, not ghosts. I don't I didn't know. Announce it yet. I'm sorry. Whatever you want to call them. Um, <laughs> so we're going to talk about the castle of Montebello in Italy um, on a cliff overlooking the rural vi- village. Vigilus. <laughs> rural juror. Rural vigilus. Can I see that weed before I get further yes. into this? it's the only way i believe what i'm saying i'd have to smoke a lot more to believe what you're saying no offense none taken um all right so uh sorry so it's uh overlooking the rural village of borgo montebello in the Poggio toriana italy Woo! okay you did it trying i'm gonna keep trying there's so many more and it's surrounded uh, by, it's like wonderful views, and that's the castle of Montebello on that's, the cliff. That's Montebello, right? Montebello. Beautiful mountains. This was once the fortress of uh, noble Guidi de Bagno and family. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Guidi de Bagno. <laughs> Is that person's name? <laughs> There's no doubt. She's <laughs> crying. How would you say that? How would you say that? I would say. I would say good morning. You would say what? I would say good morning, Guidi de Bagno. Yes. That's how you say it. I'm crying. Yeah. Fuck. Okay, I hope you have to say his name a few more times because it's not good. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? 
spell it like we need it back now. <laughs> so in my head, that's... Spell it how you... Yeah. That's G-U-I-D-Y? I. I. And then D-E-D-A-G-N-O. Yes. That's right. Okay. <laughs> we need it back now. I want that on a shirt. It's Italian. Oh, I'm dying. Uh, okay. Bag of greed. Okay. God damn it. That was good. So <laughs> that guy used to live there. Yeah. And so did the uh, Malatestas and the Montefeltros families. Okay. The castle dates back into the 1300s and it used to look really aggressive with sharpened spikes on its walls. It was supposed to be impenetrable. Yeah. Um, That's what they always say about castles. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never seen none that haven't been penetrated. Gross. <laughs> Someone fuck a My castle. My London, London castle wants to go down. Sorry. Oh, I remember that. When it first was popped it into Fergie? my head, I th- yeah, I thought oh, it was about right. Thing, but mm. I'm sorry to reference Fergie. <laughs> no. Fergie to back. Fergie to back. Sounds racist, uh, but that's his You're name. probably saying it very wrong, and I it is don't racist. I believe so. It's Bono, but that's okay. It is Bono, 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 probably, but I like Bagnos so much. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, it's like chablis. Yeah. I'm certain it is, that's just how you say it. I'm certain, too. Thank you. Tell um, us more about his house. Uh, well, now it's known for its great beauty, and there's a Renaissance wing that was built by the Malatestas in 1400, and it's like a priceless collection of artwork, furniture, and crafts. So, you know, folks are still going by and checking that out. Um, it's also one of the most haunted castles in Italy. Yay! Party! Okay. <laughs> there it is. Come on. It's not him, but it's oh. uh, Gwendolina Malatesta. Mm-hmm. Malatesta. Bad testy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Malatesta. Malatesta. Don't have sex with that no, dude. No. Uh, more commonly known as Azarina. Azure- There's two Zs. What am I supposed Azarina. to do? Azarina. Like pizza. Oh, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's Italian. I wouldn't um, have gotten that shit. Bo- she was born in 1370. Uh, the daughter of... Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Do it. Ugoli Nuccio. I like it. That's the first name. Go for it. Malastetta. Malatesta. Malatesta. Mm-hmm. Ugly um, Nuccio. Malata- it looks like ugly. I know. Okay. These all look like... All right. Diseases. Daughter Um, of Ugo. mm -hmm. Uh, And he was the feudal lord of Montebello at the time. Gwendolina Mm -hmm. had also, she was born an albino, which (gasps) was. Yikes. Ruh-roh. Right. We know all about those. See. Mm. Um, So she had uh, that along with her pale blue eyes, light hair and alabaster skin. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was very very different um than anybody else in the village um very contrasted Mm -hmm. uh the locals believed she was actually a witch so the locals are all like of course they did burner um her mother took to dyeing her hair black with vegetable dye in order for her to blend in more easily but that ended up tinting her hair blue. Oh, which no. Which led- was even more terrifying. <laughs> Shit. Uh, and it led to her nickname, Atzerina. Oh, right. Because little blue. Little blue. Due to the rumors of her striking otherworldly appearance, she was confined to the castle. Um just because the locals were like, she's a witch, let's get her. Her parents were like, you're not fucking leaving. And she was escorted by two armed guards at all times, Domenico and Ruggiero. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's just Italian for Roger. R-U-G-G-E-R-O? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Sometimes there's an I in there. 
Hmm. Um, so she was super lonely in her, even though like her family had wealth and power, she still was kind of treated like shit because hmm. the locals are assholes. Yeah. On June 21st, 1375, summer solstice, Ad Serena wanted to play outside with a cloth ball. I just, it's cloth. It doesn't bounce at yeah. all. What are you going to do? You it's toss like a stress it. stress toy. You roll it. Yeah. She wants to play outside with her stress toy. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad mm-hmm. life was. Mm. Um, In the dark ages. Get that vitamin D for that albino. Well, it, the weather got bad, so she couldn't oh, go outside anyway. That's arena. So she decided to play inside. Uh, she was shadowed by her two armored bodyguards. Mm-hmm. For them, it was boring, but <laughs> well, they were like safely in the castle. There's no real threat, even like the Lord was off to battle at the time. Yeah. Um, so, but like there's still like not shit to do. So they're right. just hanging out with this cloth ball of a human. <laughs> um, Poor girl. <laughs> so as she's playing, they're like. Who, I don't know, thinking about what the fuck ever you think about in the 1370s. Um, and Atzerina's ball bounced down away, bounced. Uh, away down a corridor. Probably rolled. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she followed it to watch it go rolling into a secret tunnel passage beyond a oh. slightly ajar trap door <gasps> that oh. sounds like a scary movie that led off into the unknown beneath <sighs> the stone floor oh i bet they all float down there <laughs> uh the two guards heard a sharp scream they went to look and could not find any sign of Atzerina or the ball so they're like freaking the fuck out uh because uh-oh, guess who's not bored anymore? And then they start an entire, like, extensive search, and she was never found. Like, there were... They pulled in everybody and... Gone forever? Gone. Just full-on gone. Oh, no. Shit. Yeah. They, like... <clears throat> I don't know. They searched the entire castle. They searched, like, the village. She was just gone. Mm. Hard to miss, too. Um, yeah, right? There are rumors as to what had happened. Uh, one of the rumors is that her father had her murdered because of her appearance and he wanted to keep up his respect in the community. But, Very okay. Tywin Lannister of mm-hmm. him. Um, and then the other rumor is that Atzerina was a witch and made herself disappear. So one of these... Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's one, one of these things. More plausible. One of these rumors is a little... Yeah. Or she got like lost in the tunnels and they just couldn't find her. Uh, yeah, right. Whitney. I mean, I'm sure, but that's not gonna be a rumor. That's oh. gonna be everybody. Being got it. Like, got it. Got it. Got it. Well, that's what this is what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would, you would say that, and then I would say, mm, I think her dad I'm did it. Pretty sure she disappeared herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, five years after, on June twenty first summer solstice <gasps> again disembodied series of screams starts happening um and it sounded like that of a little girl perhaps at Serena. of course um and this is just five years after her death right like so people are this is enough it's for people to fresh. like write down and document because mm. it's the 14th century right Five years after that, it happened again. And then five years later, it happened again. And it's always on the summer solstice. It's always on the summer solstice. And she was five years old when she died? Um, That wasn't specified, but that's what I am assuming. Okay. Um, I mean, if she's in the cloth balls. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You you can't be smarter than a a Mm -mm. five. No. Um, So... this is ha- it happens every five years on the solstice. Uh, the scream of Atzerina's ghost became a part of the castle itself. Um, it's always happening the same day, every five years. Uh, sometimes you hear a scream. Sometimes you hear crying or laughter. Oh. I mean, it's been so many years now. She's probably like, oh, oh no. 
<laughs> or she's just like, Queenie the back no. Queenie the back no. Sorry. Yep. You're right. A five year old couldn't have been that funny. Well, she's older now. She's not aging. I think she's stuck in a loop. That well, classic um, loop trope. So, yeah. so. I just was taking a minute because it's about to happen for all of us. Uh, this apparently, this happened for centuries. Uh, the outside world had little knowledge of what was happening until the castle, which is today known as the Roca de Guidi de Bagno. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Was restored and turned into a museum in 1990. And then guests began hearing the same thing that was reported previously. But only on the summer solstice or all the time? Only on the summer solstice. That's really interesting. Um, Word got out into the wild and folks started coming not only to admire the architectural beauty uh, and what's left of the Renaissance stuff, um, but to hear uh, at Serena within the walls and passageways. Not far behind were paranormal researchers, um, and they were doing a lot of recordings in the castle. And there are some who claim to recognize the cry of a child, some who recognize a laugh, uh, just hearing a voice, some who doesn't feel like anything human was going on, but maybe they heard wind, rain, or an ambient noise. Like, that's kind of what everybody's... Yeah. So it's on a spectrum. Uh, and then a 2005 recording captured a single voice saying the name Alosio and a group of voices chanting an old Hebrew word for the devil. Eep! That's cool. On June 21st, 2010, some CICAP, I don't know, researchers made other detailed records, but the result does not present any noise attributable to intelligent entities. The CICAP is an Italian nonprofit skeptic educational organization. Stands for Comitato Italiano por il Controllo della. Affirmazione mm-hmm. sulla pseudo silence. Mm. De Bagno. Listen to that sexy Italian speaking. It's the uh, Italian Committee for the Investigation of Claims of the Pseudosciences. Hmm. Well, they came and shut that shit down. Good job, um, CICAP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd watch that evening soap opera. <laughs> Um, the story of Azzarina has Even since made so it into far. an Italian horror movie <gasps> by Giacomo Franciosa. Ooh, However, uh, the production was on location and all of a sudden the director came down with a mysterious illness and a freak accident killed an actor in the film. Holy shit. Um... The story of Azzarina was mostly passed down through oral traditions for centuries before finally being recorded by a parish priest in the 1600s. Um, and recently, in 2015, her great-grandson, Jesus Christ, Prince Luciano <laughs> Seligni Gr- Greg Nanny? Greg Nanny? Greg Nanny. Okay. <laughs> Lambertini. <laughs> Lisa. Lambertini. Yes. They have a minute. Okay. The, anyway her great grandson <laughs> the prince in 2015 uh-huh. declared uh leave gwendolina alone so that she could finally rest in peace okay so we have to wait till 2020 well we don't have to wait that long then yeah that's like next year there's some pretty cool images is it on the summer solstice of next year oh i know where i'll be in Italy? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I'm going to That'll that. be fancy. Take us with you. It's good because you can Roca, already speak it. Roca de Guido de Bagna. Bagna. Yep. Bagna P.I. 
Thank you for all that, Lisa. That was a... That is a long haunting. Oh, yeah. I mean... 700 years. 750 years? 730 years? Mm-hmm. 750 years next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we gotta go. <laughs> it's the 750 year anniversary! Come on. People go to that, right? Field trip. For sure. I want to hear somebody well, cry. yeah. Let's go. Oh, God. <laughs> but if you go, make sure you don't go with this serial killer. Oh, no. A segue happened. Bum, 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 you're bum. really good at those. <laughs> I feel like you're incorrect, but I appreciate it. I like it that you turn away because I can still hear you eating plantains. (laughs) You like go very far away from it, but I could totally still hear you. It's funny. Anyways. Good microphones. Mm -hmm. Damn. All right. Um, Let's talk about a girl named Dana Sue Gray. So uh, Dana was born in 1957 in Southern California. To her mom, Beverly, and her dad, Russell Armbrust. Armbrust? Sure. Just put it on my arm. Her dad had been... Yeah, right? We're not going to get any names right this No. It's just not in the cards. Her dad had been married three times before he married her mom. And her mom was like a super... Described as a super aggressive woman who was also a former beauty queen. And um, I don't know. That's it. They kind of make her out to be kind of into herself a lot. Um, By age two, Dana's parents are getting divorced. Um, She lives with her mom and... uh, when Dana's 14, her mom dies of cancer and she decides that she's going to become a nurse because she watched these nurses taking care of her mom, whatever. That's her goal. She goes and moves in with her dad and her dad's new wife. Um, she's doing pretty poorly in school because she didn't like people telling her what to do. Mm-hmm. She was really not easily disciplined at all and a couple years after so she's probably like 16 or 17 um her dad kicks her out of the house because they found a bunch of drugs in her room what kind of drugs it doesn't say but i would guess it's nothing like she i don't i think it was just weed yeah she's not an addict as far as i can tell from what year this this story 1976. Yeah. <clears throat> so cool. she ends up graduating from high school anyways. And she starts dating this hot guy who is her skydiving instructor. Woo. Because she's really into extreme sports. <laughs> skydiving being one of them. Skydiving in the 70s sounds terrible. I know. I know. Sounds like cruises in the 70s. The- or plastic surgery in the 70s. Oh, mm. man. Um, yeah, pour one out for them. Anyways, so she, in the process of dating Rob, the skydiving instructor, he, <laughs> um, she has like two abortions which see she says that he convinced her to do and she started to resent him so they break up but um Can't they with still, a belly that's true Can't. big old pregnant what if you belly? lay land on the baby what? <laughs> <laughs> um, well in alabama you yeah, go to jail that is an mm-hmm. alabaman abortion <laughs> you know <laughs> It's at a lower grade. Anyways, yeah. okay. What are they going to do? Band skydiving? Um, so she goes to nursing school and becomes a nurse. And she meets this guy whose name is Chris Dodson. He's like really into wake sail or windsurfing, not wake sailing. Is that the same thing? Anyways, he's a okay. windsurfer. They go to Hawaii. They have all this great time. She's pretty much kind of living this sort of luxurious lifestyle obviously 
if she can go skydiving and like wake surfing all yeah. day, like, okay. So eventually, in 1987, <laughs> she gets married to a guy named Tom Gray. I'm sorry. What? I know you said wake surfing, yeah. but I thought what you I said see. wig surfing. Hell yeah, I could do that. I just imagined her like... Surfing on the wigs. Surfing through a lot of wigs. Surfing the wigs. <laughs> surfing the wigs. Um, so she marries a guy named Tom Gray in 1987 in a upscale winery in Temecula. Mm-hmm. He's also a sports fan and <laughs> likes all that stuff. Also, apparently, they went to high school together and he was pretty into her then because mm-hmm. she was probably like the bad girl. Yeah. Um, she was the beauty queen. Yeah, and she was... a beautiful um so they're both kind of feeding off of each other like he's obsessed with her she likes doing whatever the fuck she wants they buy this giant house she's working at inland valley regional medical center as like a labor and delivery nurse um Mm. they open a few businesses and the gating community that they live in. I think they live on a like golf course a golf kind of community. They open businesses in like what lemonade stands? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Um, they're called gray matter because gray is her last name, but isn't like gray. I guess I'm thinking of gray water, not gray yes. matter, but gray matter is like your brain. Yes. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And gray water is doo doo water. Yes. Well, pee pee water. Well, doo-doo water is the bad, bad water. Okay. Black water. <laughs> Anyways. I think we hit. I think we all hit. I think we hit all 50 shades of gray there. Okay, Thank cool. you. Cool. All right. So they have this giant house. They have these businesses. Uh, turns out everything isn't really going as great as it seems. Um, she's used to this luxurious lifestyle, but it's. They're not bringing in enough money. So they declare bankruptcy. And um, this is in September of 1993. Uh, They get to keep their house, which is in Canyon Lake. And uh, that was September 93. In November of 93, uh, Dana gets fired from the hospital that she's working for because she's been embezzling Demerol and other types of opiate painkillers. Oh, yeah. that kind of business in a gated Fuck community. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the business. Also, okay. this just is Pretty Little Lies, right? Um, no. They're oh, into Big Little Lies? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Pretty God Little Lies it. is a thing, too. Um, uh, anyways, so Dana... Pretty Little Liars. Tom, the ex-husband, is pretty, like, freaked out by Dana now. He's like, you're kind of crazy, and I don't want you knowing my phone, my new phone number. Like, do not contact me at all. So in February of 1994, Dana calls Tom's parents, and he's like, I really need to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, give me his phone number. And he's like, okay, I'll meet you. But he ends up not showing up and um, he finds out later that she had taken out this really large uh, life insurance policy on him. So he probably saved his own ass, saved his own ass yeah. by not meeting his crazy ex-wife. So instead of killing her husband, she has to get money somehow. And that way is still killing people. So she and her first victim is 86 year old Norma Davis. Um, So Dana was never convicted of this murder because there wasn't enough evidence. But this is the confusing part. Okay, Dana's father, Russell, married a woman named Jerry Davis in 1988. Norma, the 86-year-old woman, was Jerry's mother-in-law. So Jerry had been married before. That husband died. Got it. So she's still very close with her dead husband's mother. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. There you go. Um, 
for a little bit, Dana ended up living with Jerry, Jerry's mother-in-law, Norma. So Dana living with Norma. Um, and everything's fine. I mean, she thinks she's a normal human. Uh, turns out she's fucking not. Um, Norma's neighbor, after not seeing Norma for a little bit, is like, that's kind of weird. I mean, I know she's old, but I see her and people come and visit her all the time. Um, she goes over there and finds the body of Norma on February 16th, 1994. She had been dead for two days. There was a wooden handled utility knife poking out of her throat and a fillet knife protruding from her chest. There were no other marks on her body except for a couple fingernails broken. So she didn't really have a lot of time to fight back. Also, she was 86. 86, yeah. My God. Um, That's not a bad way to go. I mean, stabbed a few times. I'd rather not get, I don't know. You do you. There's no suspense, but it's long enough for you to like have a couple final thoughts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It Um, doesn't drag on in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So detectives noticed that there wasn't any forced entry into the place. And Norma would usually keep her doors closed. But if she knew someone was coming over later, she would like unlock the door and just leave it there for them to come in. Um, they also found a shoe print that was pointed like towards a window near a kitchen and like the phone cord had been ripped out other things um then so that was february 16th when the body was found on february 28th 1994 in the same little place canyon lake a woman, a 66-year-old woman named June Roberts, and 66 is a lot more agile than mm-hmm. 86. Yes. Um, it's about 20 years more agile. Oh, fuck yeah. Like mm-hmm. a big, big thing. Um, so Dana asks to borrow a book from June. She wants to... It, her The book she wanted to borrow was about how to control her drinking problems. Um, Dana unplugged both of June's phones while June was looking for the book and used the curly old school style phone cord to strangle June to death. Oh, man. That's and a lot of work. Then mm-hmm. she steals both of her credit cards and goes on this giant shopping spree in Temecula. Wait, like. What? Yeah, she's buying That's so dumb. spa days and like a bunch of some perfume she really likes called opium and just like using the credit cards real quick, like right after it happens. And she drove around in this Cadillac. Oh my God. And a lot of the time she had her fucking kid with her. She had like a four or five year old little boy with her most of the time. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Dorinda Hawkins, the third victim, this is March 10th, 1994. So this is really quick. Yeah. 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 So two in February, one in the beginning of March. Um, Dorinda worked at an antique store and, um, Dana went there to buy a picture frame to put her deceased mom's photo in. Um, Dana also used a phone cord to strangle Dorinda. How old was Dorinda? It doesn't say she was i would guess she's old enough to older. be named dorinda yeah old yeah. enough to be named dorinda. i used to, i know a dorinda that's younger than me oh really yeah Damn. good for dorinda making a comeback so dana stole five dollars from dorinda's purse and the twenty dollars that was in the register way what? to go dana jesus and um also or <laughs> I guess it was the flop because it says she went on another shopping spree an hour earlier. Oh, an hour earlier with June's credit card again. Mm-hmm. Um, but after she left, turns out Dorinda didn't die. She just <sighs> fucking passed out. So she wakes up and one of the things she told police 
is that she remembers her being like, just calm down, just be still. Like she said that she sounded like what a nurse would tell you, like trying to calm you down oh. and oh, like a fit or something. Creeptastic. And yeah, she was like, he sounds like a fucking nurse. And they're like, okay, well, these two other elderly ladies have been attacked. Now here's this third one. Luckily she, she survives. So March 16th, Six days later, Dora or a woman named Dora arrives back at her house in that same little area, Canyon Lake. And um, Dana comes and knocks on the door right after, I guess, this woman gets home. And she's like, hello, I'm like, I need directions. And Dora is like, OK, Dana, come in here. I have a map. It's 1994. We use maps. Um, and Dana kills Dora, obviously takes the her cord again. It doesn't say what he, she killed her with, okay. but I would guess she strangles her. I think it seems like her MO after stabbing the first one is just to strangle. I bet it's mm-hmm. a lot less bloody and easier to yeah. control. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Dora's boyfriend Lewis discovered her body later that day when he tried to go visit her but Dana had already gone on a shopping spree like literally right after with Dora's credit card so all the residents of Canyon Lake are like what the fuck is happening we live in a golf course gated community and like all these people are getting killed and people are really freaking out. Um, People won't walk alone, safety in numbers. And obviously they're attacking elderly widows. So that's fucked up. This is insane. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And in the midst of this is just some bitch doing a lot of retail therapy and yes yes that's that's she's retail therapy how is she not caught like instantly yeah so the police come in and of course they're like oh we want to use a psychic (laughs) to find a suspect but there are a couple other smart detectives credit card thank god um who are starting to suspect Dana based on like her description from the woman who survived mm-hmm. and her connection to um, all this, the mother in law of her mm-hmm. stepmom. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially, detectives suspected Jerry, that was the woman who was married to her dad, mm-hmm. because Jerry, um, oh, yeah just because she was married to her son. That makes sense, I guess. Um, but it turns out, uh, obviously, it wasn't Jerry at all. They thought it was strange that she was also wearing Nike sneakers, but uh, that wasn't the footprint. <laughs> Jerry is just this poor, innocent woman. Um, More than one pair of Nikes? My God. So after they realized that Jerry is not a suspect, her and Detective Joseph Greco um, start helping each other figure this case out. Um, And it turns out that Jerry was actually super helpful. Uh, They figured out that together that June's murder was committed by the same killer because evidence points out that it was one female serial killer that murdered the victims. Um, And then they pretty much hone in on Dana Sue Gray. And they obtain a search warrant for her house in Lake Elsinore. Um, (laughs) She was... (laughs) So the day that they obtained that search warrant was the day that she killed her last victim. Oh my God. Oh my Dora God. Eve. Dana. Um, they, she comes home, I guess from Bitch freshly moves. going on her <laughs> other shopping spree and they arrest her on her front porch. Um, they found information in her home regarding June, Dora and Dorinda 
and um or wait from all of them and then dorinda the one who survived is like yes that's her in a photo lineup like fucking obviously and uh she pleads guilty to life in prison without the possibility of parole and um yeah that's it this is the story of Dana Gray. That's she said she was crazy and that she was just she just had this insatiable urge to go shopping all the time. And that was her defense. Shopaholic. She wanted yeah. to shop. Was that she wanted to shop. Not that she liked killing people, which she obviously definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. But that she just really had this insatiable urge to shop. Women be shopping. I mean, mall culture yeah. in the 90s was, it was <laughs> very real. Yeah, it was very strong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. She's a garbage human. Mm-hmm. Well, no more skydiving for her. No more extreme sports. Oh, how many girlfriends do you think she has in prison? I bet she has a bunch. Me too. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like (laughs) specific. Oh, seven. Definitely. She's a seven kind of girl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of skydiving. Yeah. Let's talk Damn it, about. I gotta get better at that. That's <laughs> all right. You did. Just, you're doing great. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Vesna Vulovic mm. was born in Belgrade, Serbia, in 1950. Her daddy was a businessman, whatever that means in communist Yugoslavia, and her mama was a fitness instructor, whatever ah. that meant in the 60s. Um, she was a huge Beatles fan. So right after her first year of college, she decided to go to London and live there for a year. Um, where she did, but when she, uh, while she was staying there, she met up with a friend who was like, Hey, let's go to Stockholm. It's fun there. And so she went to Stockholm and there was like drugs and sex and all that. And anyway, her parents were like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You come back home. You'd be a good communist. And so she gets dragged back home. Bummer. And she's like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to live here. Uh, and she was looking for a job to help her escape, kind of. Like, not really escape, because it wasn't that tight in Yugoslavia. But Just she noticed away. that her friends were uh, getting jobs as flight attendants. And she's like, perfect. I can go to London all the time. I'll be a flight attendant. So she joined JAT, which was Yugoslavia's airline, in 1971. So six months into her career as a flight attendant, she was on flight 367 from Stockholm to Belgrade with stopovers in Copenhagen and Zagreb. Zagreb is the capital of Croatia, Mm -hmm. which is another part of Yugoslavia. So they landed in in Denmark in January 1972, uh, Volovich was not scheduled, but uh, there was a like mix-up, and JAT thought she was another flight attendant, also named Vesna. So they like called her in her hotel room and said, "Get on this flight." And she's like, "Whatever, okay." So she was excited because she wanted to go to Denmark for her first time, uh, and they were like, there was a long layover, so she could do some sightseeing. So she gets on flight 367, takes off from Stockholm. It's a DC-9, lands at Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, one guy seemed really annoyed getting off of the airplane. Uh, A lot of people saw him. And uh, she's like, huh, why is that guy annoyed? So anyway, she has a good day in Denmark. Then it takes off, and they're flying back over Czechoslovakia to get to Yugoslavia. At four in the morning... Uh, an explosion happened in the back of the aircraft and it split in half. Whoa. And it fell 33,000 feet. Oh my God. Split in half? Yes. The yeah, hot dog or hamburger? Crack. Hot dog. Hot yeah, dog. Hot yeah. dog. Hamburger. That's a hamburger. That's a hamburger? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, it's bun. just long and well, skinny just like a hot two dog. Two pieces. The big front piece with all the uh, wings and stuff. And then the little tail piece. Yeah. How would so it? A, how hamburger. would it break the other way? 
like <laughs> down like you so take like the whole <laughs> plane and it rips like Godzilla directly it open down or the middle. I had a it was a question. Like down the aisle. There are no that's where the breaks questions. happen. I don't know about that. Y'all so, just said you were proud of me. <laughs> you a, blew it. <laughs> a villager, this is where it's gonna get fun for me, from the village of Serpska Kamanichi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this villager's name is, and I kid you not, Bruno Honky. Yay! <laughs> Heard her screaming and found her in the wreckage. Uh, her turquoise uniform was covered in blood and her three-inch stiletto heels were torn off by the force of the impact. So, Honky... Not my shoes! Bragging. Happened to have been a medic during World War II and he kept her alive until people could come. And uh, they put her... She fell into a coma and then she was in the hospital for a long time. She had two broken legs... Three broken vertebrae, one which was completely crushed. Her pelvis was fractured. Several ribs were broken, and she was temporarily paralyzed below the waist. Jesus, and the broken heart of it all. Of course. Um, so she finally comes out of the coma two weeks later, and she has complete amnesia. She doesn't remember what happened at all. She was just I mean, stewardessing, and then she was in a hospital. Yeah. And so her parents, the doctor's like, well, here's what happened and showed her a newspaper headline and she went back into a coma. (laughs) She like fainted. She's like, holy She fainted her ass back into a coma. How many people, did everybody else die? Yes. Okay, sorry. So the next thing she remembered was seeing her parents in the hospital room another month later. So she was there in Prague for like almost a month and a or two months after all the comas six and years stuff. of comas <laughs> she goes back go. to belgrade and they're giving her injections to help her sleep and and all that stuff but like other than that she's kind of like fine with it or whatever and uh she's starting to become a celebrity because the guinness book of world records catches on to this news and was like well look that sucked but you are the first that's the farthest any human being has done a free fall and survived you fell thirty three thousand feet and survived yeah. so here you go as a world record no. are there buildings that are thirty three thousand feet no okay i'm just trying to gauge no not at all how far mount, we're talking mount everest is twenty nine thousand feet oh whoa right because it's an airplane, like in mid-flight over the Alps. So it and wasn't shit. like about to land. No, it was in mid-flight over the, the over mountains. mountains. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So real bad. She doesn't remember how she survived. And no. Bruno just found her. So like they're all like, you just fell all the way from the troposphere or whatever. I always and lived. Yeah. Like you can't even breathe up that high. So, I always thought that a lot of people, if you were in a plane crash, like people have heart attacks and stuff. Well, they started to recreate this this crash. Okay, so it was clearly a bomb. Right. 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 And at this time... Boop, 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 or it get, was Godzilla. Nah, maybe. They haven't arrested anybody or charged anybody with the crime of this yet. Um, even though this was 1972. She's cute. She, she, is, she she's was gorgeous. really pretty. Yeah. Um, so 128 terrorism attacks were taken out between Croatian nationalists and Yugoslavia between 62 and 82. Wow. And the day of the crash, a man who described himself as a Croatian nationalist called a Swedish newspaper and claimed responsibility, but he didn't identify himself. No arrests were ever made. And there were so many terrorist attacks going on. They were just like, I mean, it's just one of those. What are we going to do? Yeah. Croatia hates being part of Yugoslavia. Eventually, they fought a war and figured it all out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So because she's Serbian and came back and was working for the national airline and wasn't like, didn't hate communism. I mean, she liked the Beatles, but like she was like, no, I mean, I don't hate life here. She kind of became a national hero and she became super famous mm. in Yugoslavia. Um, she'd go on TV. Uh, they had a like, ceremony every year on the anniversary of the crash where she'd be like celebrated in that village and all that stuff. 
I in see Czechoslovakia. Paul McCartney at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like one of the most famous Yugoslavians hmm, okay. because of this. Yeah, which was pretty cool. She did learn how to walk again. Holy shit. Yeah, uh, within 10 months. But oh, she that's limped, crazy. But she limped for the rest of her life, whatever. Yeah. So after a year and a half, uh, she's famous, she's making all this money and all that, but she's like, I'm bored, so not a year and a half. In September of 1972, she said, can I go back to work? Oh, my God. And like, the airline okay. was like, well, we don't want that kind of publicity, so we're not going to put you on the plane, but you can have a desk job. And she was like, well, I don't mind flying. I don't remember crashing. Yeah. Like, I don't care. So she continued to fly for the rest of her life, and it was like a thing in Yugoslavia. Like people would get really excited because they'd recognize her on a plane. Right. Everybody wanted you're to on sit. her flight. Everybody wanted to sit next to her because she was considered so freaking lucky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they finally kind of reconstructed what happened, and apparently uh, the fuselage broke apart from the bomb, right, which was in the baggage compartment. Uh, everybody was instantly sucked out of the airplane and flown and thrown into death. But she was behind a beverage cart that rolled back and trapped her in the very tail end of the plane. Mm -hmm. And then it fell so fast that she didn't have time to asphyxiate. And then it hit a snowdrift and then kind of slid down the hill. And as it was spinning and sliding, she got thrown out of the thing. And that's probably where most of the injuries came from was being huh. thrown out of the tail at the very end. But the tail... Did they take away her Guinness Book of World Records? No. It's still... Okay. I mean... She still fell. She still fell without any parachute and lived. True. What... Um, I am so sorry. Yep. Well, I know, I know, I know it. I know, I know it. Okay. But what is... Like, why would... Explain asphyxiation in this situation. Oh, because um, at that height, there's no not enough oxygen. Like, you know, when you get to okay. the top of Everest, you need... You would suffocate and she because it fell so fast. Yeah, was, it just okay. fell so fast that the cabin was still maybe even pressurized like a bubble or something. She was probably passed out. I'm yeah, sure that too. Yeah. That would like instantly make you pass out that pressure Well, I mean, she fainted all the way into a coma from yeah. seeing a headline in a newspaper. So a girl could pass <laughs> out. <laughs> Judgy. <laughs> Karina's fallen from 40,000 feet without a parachute. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, who hasn't, right? <laughs> so she was like a big national hero in Yugoslavia, which meant she was a big communist hero. So she was just kind of associated with the communists party there uh there were folk songs written about her called vesna the stewardess um real creative there. Yeah. yeah exactly i'm not gonna try to pronounce that in serbian uh she got a divorce from her husband in the early 1990s uh because he didn't like her chain smoking fuck you guy and that's what she said she said i'm famous yeah. fuck you guy yeah. i like chain smoking I can do what I want. I'm Vesna the stewardess. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I can't imagine ending a marriage over. over yeah. I choose smoking. Yeah, I she, choose smoking over this union of love. Goodbye. No, he loved, she loved chain smoking. Uh, and she was like, well, I can get a divorce. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I am I'm Vesna, Vesna the stewardess. Uh, unfortunately, she got fired from JAT in the 90s soon after the divorce because she was speaking out against Slobodan Milosevic oh. as an evil, bad, fascist guy. Because well, um, she was kind right. of a true believer in communism. And at the time, speaking out against Slobodan Milosevic was a bad idea because he was obviously like a strong man. Um, but we hadn't quite got to the point where he was a little baby Hitler. Okay. Um, yeah. So she was early on the anti Milosevic thing. Good call. He was terrible. So she was kind of like Antifa. And then she started joining demonstrations throughout the 90s um, against him. And then when the war happened, she kind of flipped sides and became like against Milosevic. Whatever. So. That was all good. She was on the right side of history, but unfortunately she had no job and her pension was dependent on that socialist government that she helped overthrow. And after the war, she had kind of not much. Bummer. Oh. Yeah, they gave her 300 euros a month to live in Belgrade, which as if you know anything about Belgrade, it's 
bombed out, like not mm-hmm. a great place to be anymore. Um, and then she started refusing interviews because she was like, that incident ruined my life. It ruined my parents' life. It distorted everything I believed in. I'm tired of talking about it. Oprah Winfrey wanted to talk about it with her, and she said no. BBC wanted to talk to her, and she's like, no. She was like, I am done being Vesna the stewardess. She stopped going to the annual celebrations in Srpska Kamenichi. Uh, which she used to go to every year. It was like her favorite thing. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. like, no. And then in 2016, December, she stopped answering her telephone. Mm-hmm. And then they like had to burst in her door and there was just her body all dead on the ground. And she just kind of died alone and in poverty. Uh, yep. The on, the, on a ground do. floor apartment. I mean, ground floor, that's pretty cool. Yeah. At least you don't have to move all your shit upstairs. It's fitting. Yeah, it is fitting. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the story of Vesna the the stewardess and her amazing fall from accidental feat of strength. Yeah. What do y'all think the wildlife thought of all that? Who's the wildlife? The wildlife. Just around. Oh, the animals who yeah. saw that happen? Yeah. They were like, what? They're probably like. No uh, human saw that happen? No, this is like in a rural mountain near a tiny village. She's just lucky someone found well, her. Bobo or whoever found her. Yeah, like a long time later. It was not like soon after. And there was a plane crash in those woods. Like people were going to go like check okay. it out. If you How did they know if, if a plane crashes in the woods and no one saw it? You Did hear the plane it. actually crash? Uh, I would guess yes. they'd hear it. There's a monument to where it crashed in the woods in the che- Chechia or whatever they call it now. So, anyway. But did it really crash? <laughs> no. There, I'm sure it's all a the hoax. conspiracies she are murdered, out there. She murdered eight, 28 passengers and crew, hit an airplane, and then just broke her own spine and pelvis and yeah. waited for someone to find her. Yeah. Maybe there was no plane. <laughs> also, she could get a Guinness Book of World Record. Mm-hmm. And die in her 60s. And die. Of depression and poverty. Yes. I'm just saying. Good plan. No <sighs> what did we learn? We learned names are hard. Names are hard. That's basically what we learned. Stay out of the sky. And uh, out of Temecula. Mm-hmm. Oh, stay the hell away from Temecula for sure. It is fun to say though. It's so fun Temecula. to say. We like have it. a lot of fun things to say. We did. We mm. fun G- things to say. What is his name? Hmm? Uh Guidi? Debagna. 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 So we had Guidi Debagna. It's good. That's what we learned. Bruno we learned Guidi Debagna. Bruno Honky and Temecula. That was a fun episode. Good times. Follow us on Instagram and everywhere at Weird Brunch. And we do have a Gmail account set up now, real fancy weirdbrunch at gmail.com and if you have any stories that you think are interesting email them to us okay we love you we love you Guidi. <laughs>